Hey there, and welcome to my podcast. Um, today, we are going to discuss a rather new and somewhat controversial topic, which is global warming. Now, as some of you may know, global warming is a gradual increase in the overall temperature of the planet's atmosphere. Um, this is generally attributed to the greenhouse gas effects that are caused by the increase of carbon dioxide and other pollutants. Now, just to get started, let me give you a little bit of an introduction to the topic. Um, so believe it or not, the first recorded time of anyone raising any sort of question of the temperatures rising in the earth um, was back in 1896. Now, if you think about this, 1896 seems like a very, very long time ago. But in reality, if you think about it, it's only a little over 100 years or so. Now, um, there was a Swedish scientist who went by the name of Svante Arrhenius, um, and he claimed that fossil fuel combustion will eventually result in the enhanced global warming. Um, keep in mind that this was back in 1896, so this caused a lot of people to be skeptical of his theory. There was really no proof of what he was saying, um, so let's fast forward a little bit to 1981. Um, 1981 seems like the next real time where um, anyone really released any information about global warming or raised even more questions. Um, so there was a documentary that was aired on national television, um, which warned about the dangers of a warming planet. So prior to this documentary, it was widely believed that the oceans would soak up all of the CO2 combustion of fossil fuels. Um, but unfortunately, as we have come to learn over the years, um, that's not the case. Uh, many scientists had proved that the concentration of CO2 had risen by at least 7% from the years of 1958 to 1981. Now, this kind of proves um, Svante Arrhenius' theory where, you know, he claims that fossil fuel combustion is going to lead to an enhanced um, global warming. This documentary was one of the first documentaries that focus on emphasizing that climate change is basically caused by humans. So what that means is basically everything we do on an everyday basis contributes to the rising temperatures. So for example, two of the biggest factors are water vapor and carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide is released by something as simple as breathing. So you and I, we are both contributing to climate change right now as we breathe. Um, or even something more extreme, such as a volcanic eruption. Now, of course, there are other factors that contribute to um, climate change, such as burning fossil fuels or deforestation. Now, if you think a little bit about deforestation, um, deforestation has become such an extreme problem in the past couple of years. More and more corporations have been clearing out large portions of land um, just to make way for their factories and their buildings. Um, this greatly impacts our planet, and it also displaces many animals who live in that area. Not only does deforestation affect the species that live in this area, but it also affects us in our everyday lives. Deforestation is a major contributor to global warming. So not only does global warming cause extremely high temperatures, but it also causes stronger snowstorms, heavier rainfalls, and longer droughts. 
just to give you a little bit of an example here, um, let's take, for instance, the soybean plant. So the soybean plants, um, in order for it to be harvested, you have to cut exactly one inch above ground. Now, if there are um, stronger, longer snowstorms and a delayed spring, um, that will cause a delay in harvesting, which in turn not only will it affect the farmer, but also the consumer. Um, it will cause both parties a great economic loss. On the other hand, rising temperatures have also caused very intense tsunamis and hurricanes. For example, the Indian tsunami, which impacted over 12 countries, was responsible for the lives of over 230,000 people. The Indian tsunami also displaced over 500,000 people from their homes. This negatively affected the economy because of many reasons. So many of the countries that were affected heavily rely on agriculture and tourism to support their economy. So these were the two main things that were affected by the tsunami, which caused their economy to take a huge hit. Another natural disaster, which actually hit a little bit closer to home, was Hurricane Katrina. So Hurricane Katrina, which made landfall as a Category 5 hurricane, hit Louisiana in August of 2005. This hurricane was recorded as one of the most destructive natural disasters in the history of the United States. Hurricane Katrina caused an estimate of around $250 billion in economic loss. One of the major industries that was impacted by this disaster was the oil industry. Hurricane Katrina managed to damage about 19% of all U.S. oil productions. One of the places that was greatly impacted by Hurricane Katrina was actually New Orleans. So New Orleans um, stands as one of Louisiana's biggest tourist attractions, and because of Hurricane Katrina, about 80% of the city was flooded, which means that this will affect tourism, um, not as many people will be visiting, and all of the costs associated with building everything back up. Just a couple of years after Hurricane Katrina came Hurricane Sandy. So Hurricane Sandy impacted the East Coast in October of 2012. It mainly affected areas in New Jersey and New York, the Jersey Shore stands as one of the hardest hit areas caused by Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy um, damaged over 650,000 homes, um, cut power in many places across both states for days at a time. The impact of Hurricane Sandy was so great that it caused the New York Stock Exchange to actually close. The last time the New York Stock Exchange closed was due to Hurricane Gloria, which actually occurred about 27 years prior to Hurricane Sandy. So you can only imagine how much damage Hurricane Sandy actually caused. Um, after Hurricane Sandy, um, New York City actually proceeded to sue major um, oil companies because of the key role that they play in the rapid increase of temperatures, which, of course, um, causes this kind of extreme weather. A couple of years after Hurricane Sandy, um, in September of 2017, Puerto Rico was struck with a devastating hurricane, which impacted the island for years to come. This hurricane is categorized as the third worst hurricane to impact the United States. Although Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States, its economy is not nearly as strong and could not survive the magnitude of this disaster without outside help. So Puerto Rico definitely um, heavily depends on tourism and agriculture.
Hurricane Maria hit the island so hard that the island was stuck with no power. The entire island had absolutely no power, no way of communicating with family, with emergency services, nothing. So this hurricane completely devastated Puerto Rico. Not only did Hurricane Maria cause the island to have no electricity for days at a time, but it also caused heavy rains and flash floods, wiping away communities and many tourist points, which cost the island billions and billions of dollars in damages. Um, so it's been estimated that this hurricane alone cost Puerto Rico about $94.4 billion in damages. The hurricane caused about 80% of the island's crops to be completely wiped out, which resulted in almost $780 million in agricultural loss, which for a place like Puerto Rico is an extremely high amount, which is very hard to come back from. Tourism, like I mentioned before, was greatly affected because most of the infrastructure was not stable, and most of it, frankly, was gone. And many tourists actually feared visiting the island due to the living conditions. Now, this went on for quite some time. Um, but fortunately, now Puerto Rico is doing a little bit better. Um, tourism has risen again. And their agriculture business is also back on their feet. There are also many challenges that all businesses will face in the coming years due to the effects of global warming. So many industries, such as the automobile industry, have already started to see the challenges that are brought on by climate change. So according to an article on Wired, um, Germany stated that they would reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by the year of 2020. As of August of 2018, Germany has reduced the greenhouse gas emissions by 22.7%. They actually stand as one of the most developed countries because of its strong economy. Germany's strong economy is due in part to the fact that they are home um, to many famous luxurious automobile manufacturers. But in order to continue its progress and actually reach their goal, um, more than half of the people who currently use vehicles would have to change their way of transportation. So they would have to do this by either using a bicycle or using public transportation to go from place to place. Um, this sort of initiative would actually require the German government to approve and implement new policies. These policies would actually have to include banning high-emitting cars or require vehicle manufacturers to make more fuel-efficient cars. Many manufacturers are actually aiming to do this already by creating an electric vehicle. Um, what many people don't realize is that those electric cars are actually charged by coal-fired power plants, which is actually worse for the envir environment than the cars that we use now. There are also many trends that many different businesses will have to adjust to. So in the past couple of years, more and more businesses have actually started new initiatives to become more eco-friendly, or in other words, going green. So this is basically defined as something that is not environmentally harmful. Different businesses approach this topic in different ways. For example, this can be approached by lowering utility costs, recycling, and honestly, many other ways. Not only do businesses become more eco-friendly to help the planet, but it also helps the company gain a higher social standing. So, for example, uh, many customers are more inclined to purchase a product from a company that is more socially responsible than others um, and a company who cares about the environment. 
Not only will these new initiatives help the business gain more customers, but it's also going to help reduce the cost and boost employee morale. Employee morale is boosted because if employees are included in green initiatives, um, they believe that they are cared for and are less inclined to leave the company that they feel cares for, for the community. In the coming years, many companies will implement renewable power sources, floating solar plants, electronic transportation, and green marketing initiatives. So as you can see, global warming has been impacting the entire world for a very, very long time. Although it has not always been a popular topic. Recently, it has been talked about a little bit more in media outlets. There have been a lot more protests and a lot more people who advocate for it. So surprisingly, there's a lot of people who still believe that global warming is a hoax. Um, climate change has negatively impacted every part of the world one way or another. The impact has been shown by rising temperatures, um, the spread of diseases, ocean acidification, and extreme weather. Now, as I mentioned earlier in our podcast, um, this extreme weather can include anything from hurricanes, severe storm, storms, um, heavy rains, and, of course, the melting of ice. Temperatures have risen about 1.3 to 1.9 degrees Fahrenheit since 1985. I know these numbers might seem very low, uh, but when it comes to the temperature of a planet, that is very significant. These temperatures are also expected to continue to rise in the coming years. Of course, unless we do, we take drastic measures and stop global warming now. Another effect that global warming has had on our planet is that the increase of greenhouse gas emissions have caused the oceans to become more acidic. Now, the oceans are responsible for storing excess carbon dioxide. So the more greenhouse gas emissions that are produced by us, the more carbon dioxide that the oceans have to take in, which results in warmer waters. This is very bad for the communities who rely heavily on the ocean for their economy, but it's also bad for sea creatures. If ocean acidification continues to rise at the rate that it is now, it's going to soften the shells of scallops and slow the molting of crabs, lobsters, and other creatures. It's also going to affect sea fishes because it confuses their sense of smell and makes their environment a lot noisier. So scientists have predicted that by 2050, more than 85% of the planet's bodies of water are going to be warmer. Now, the warmer temperatures have also been linked to the spread of diseases. The changes in temperature force insects and animals to migrate to different areas, which they are usually not in. So for example, mosquitoes will go beyond their habitats and in turn will spread diseases such as malaria and the dengue fever. It is obvious that natural disasters, which are caused by global warming, have a direct impact to the economy, as you can see with Hurricane Maria, or Hurricane Katrina, or the tsunami in India. Now, climate change will have a negative impact on economic growth around the world. Climate change is definitely not an issue that's reserved for one part of the world. It is a problem that needs to be tackled by every nation around the world. Um, it is a little bizarre to think that global warming will affect or has affected the economy, but believe it or not, it's true, as we can see um, with previous natural disasters. It is predicted that the gross domestic product per capita in the United States will decline by 10.5% 
and by 4.3% in the coming years. Higher temperatures have harmed many different industries, including farming, manufacturing, and tourism. It is predicted that global temperatures will increase by 0.0 degrees Celsius. Unfortunately, different places around the world will be affected more than others. For example, large amount of rainfalls or heat waves will affect more rural areas. This is because most farms are located there. The extreme heat or rainfall will kill crops and delay field work. Canada is actually warming up twice as fast as the rest of the world. Um, they are set to suffer um, great losses in their infrastructure and coastal communities, which are going to affect the economy as well. If the planet continues to warm at this rate, Canada is actually going to lose more than 13% of its income. Those who will be affected the most are those who rely on hunting and fishing, both for food and as their source of income. Another nation whose economy is actually going to suffer very close of a loss as Canada is Switzerland. Um, Switzerland depends greatly on tourism to boost their economy, but it is projected that they will lose about 20% of their income. Now, this is largely because it is projected that winter tourism in the Alps will decrease due to reduced snow and water scarcity. Next on the list, we have the United States. Although the United States economy is one of the strongest, most diverse, um, it is the third nation whose economy will shrink the fastest. India will also be affected by the changes in temperature. According to Moody's report, India is extremely susceptible to heat stress. It's going to cause the agricultural productivity to fall. Although India is still a developing economy, it is expected that if nothing is done about climate change, their economy will actually decrease by about 10% in the coming years. Many nations around the world have actually recognized that global warming is a threat to everyone on the planet, and they have taken many new initiatives to slow global warming. Unfortunately, both the United States and Russia, which are among the countries that emit the most greenhouse gas emissions, are not on track with stopping global warming. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, recently dropped out of the Paris Agreement. For those of you who don't know, the Paris Agreement is actually an agreement between many nations and sets out a global framework to avoid dangerous climate change by limiting global warming to well below 2 degrees Celsius and it pursues efforts to limit it to 1.5 degrees Celsius. It also aims to strengthen countries' ability to deal with the impacts of climate change and support their efforts. Donald, since Donald Trump became president, he has loosened restrictions on coal plants and approved the Keystone XL um, oil pipeline. Now, this is the complete opposite of what must be done to help the planet. On the other hand, Canada is taking many, many steps to slow global warming. Canada has plans to reduce emissions, and in order to do this, they have to invest in cleaner public transportation and are willing to provide over $182 million in funds for electric and other alternative fuel infrastructure. They are also going to reduce oil and gas methane emissions by 40% by 2025. Canada also has plans to phase out of coal-fired electricity by the end of 2030, which if you think about it, it's pretty soon, so good for them. Um, this is also going to help greatly with pollution and will result in 90% of their energy grid to be clean, which is exactly what every nation should be aiming for. 
There are also many things that we can do on an everyday basis to slow global warming. For example, plant a tree once in a while, use mass transportation or bike to work, reuse, reduce, and recycle, or even replace your light bulbs at home. Now, this is all that I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.